We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. This is James Ham. We're about to start the podcast. Before we get to it, let's talk about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is our sponsor here on the King's Beat Podcast. And I got to be honest. I'm having such a good time hanging out, making my picks every game. I'm really bad at it, but it's super simple. You go in, you look at players that are going to play on that night. Uh, You can choose from a variety of sports, a variety of leagues. I choose to stay within the NBA world most nights. And I just choose players that I think like, look, if Damanis Sabonis is coming into a game and I think he's going to get a triple-double that night, I'll look and see what his projections are uh, as far as points, rebounds, and assists combined. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll go more or less than those numbers. And uh, for the most part, I'm usually wrong. Uh, but either way, it's really cool. And it adds just another layer to watching the game each and every night. I've had some good times. Uh, I've had some bad times. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as long as you're you're looking at these things responsibly and uh, you know taking it easy and just and just having fun with it, I think it's really cool and it it's a fun way to add something different to your viewing experience every night. So if you're interested in Prize Picks, uh, there's a link in the podcast. There's a link in the email. You can go in and if you use the code Kings Beat, all one word. It, they'll match up to 100 bucks, so it get you started. Every night, you choose between two and six players. Um, you figure out if you think they'll do more or less in their projections, whether that's assists or points or combined things, whatever you choose to do. You can win up to 25% of your money on each entry. And you know what's cool is it's available here in California and 30 other states. So, uh, yeah, give it a look. Uh, use the, the code KINGSBEAT. And uh, good luck with your prize picks. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weber back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet. Put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento.
welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, Fox 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? I could be better. Fair yeah, to why bigly. is it every time Yeah, why why is it that every time we do a podcast it just pisses rain outside? I know it all you know, people are gonna say, Oh, Sean's talking about the weather again. He doesn't like the rain, we get it. But it's, I feel like it's every time we do a podcast, it's raining. In your case, you have snow on the ground. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not on the ground yet. I mean, it. It's crazy. So this weather's so crazy. It's forty-two degrees according to my watch, and it's fully snowing. It looks like I, I'm in a snow globe outside. I just showed Sean the hmm. uh, the window next to me here. It's bizarre. This weather is totally bizarre. I woke up this morning. I had to climb up out, out onto the roof because I'm getting solar installed. And I had to hold the ladder for the dude so he could get up onto my secondary roof. See, that's um, weird to me because they get paid to do that. He should have a crew. You, you, By virtue of you paying them, you should not have to do a damn thing. No, that's totally true. And I also, I have a, a gigantic ladder in my front yard that we could have propped up and he could have climbed up himself. But still, mm-hmm. like safety, I don't want to have someone climb all the way up like a like this is a 30 plus extent foot extension ladder and it would need all 30 feet to get all the way up there and i would have had to sit there and help him lift that ladder up which is really heavy so at the end of the day it was easier for me to go out on my bar roof and help him get up onto the, the upper roof i'd yeah. have been inside by the fire with some tea or some hot chocolate sipping that going <laughs> boy that sucks watching sucks outside. to be you sucks yeah. to be you yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully we're, we're getting in right before the, the solar rates change, which is not great, uh, for PG&E has won some battle. And so now you, your solar is not going to be worth as much if you get installed after a certain date, which is coming up. Hmm. Um, yeah. So the palatial estate here in, uh, Lake of the Pines, LOP, as we call it, LOP, um, (laughs) we call them LOP cops. That's the, the security system here. All the guys draw, driving around. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna add solar, which is a good thing because the solar bill, the power bill's killing us. Um, okay, uh, Sean, we got some stuff to talk about. Do we? Uh, do we? Um, so first up, if you're listening here on the podcast, uh, number one, thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. Uh, number two, I'm horrible at Prize Picks, and uh, which if you're listening to the show on um on the audio side you've already heard me explain how bad i am at prize picks um, but i'm having a good time with it uh also um if you're watching on youtube give us a thumbs up please uh subscribe give mm-hmm. us a rating and review anywhere you listen uh jump on board with the king's beat we're gonna have a new happy hour uh this coming month and uh, i'm sure we'll get another awesome guest uh sam amick was spectacular this last week and uh we'll do more of those uh, especially as we get into playoff season i'm watching it it's really snowing now <laughs> i mean like in like no joke snow like it's it's li- for those listeners let's see oh look at this look at this oh it's a winter wonderland outside it's a snow globe outside yeah um yeah wild wild stuff um all right sean uh yeah the Sacramento Kings for, uh, I, I don't want to use the word, but they blanked the bed. Uh, no, they shit the bed. You can use the word. I'll say it. <laughs> they completely did it. <laughs> they did it. They, they did made it, a mess. Sean. They did it. <laughs> they shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. I I like the fact that, uh, you know, just because I'm petty, 
<laughs> you are petty. Tom you were, petty. Yeah. Yeah. I had to remind some folks as if like, I mean, people were coming in, they're like, oh, it's Clinchmas. Clinchmas? How Clinchmas. dare you say words like that? Um, and then today they're calling it Hannah Clinch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny, actually. That's actually yeah. really funny. Very yeah. creative. Uh, no, I mean, look, fans, fan, you do what you do. I, I'm not blaming any of them. I'm talking about some of the some of the people around the organization, some of the people who uh, media. I mean, we saw a dude. I, I think I'll put him on blast. Matt George wore his um, wedding suit. Wedding um, get up tuxedo? suit. It's a tuxedo. There we are. It wasn't a tuxedo though. It was a it, it was a suit he wore at his wedding. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, like you wore a suit, bro. You wore a suit. I, I like, wore Come a on, suit. Man. Well, I wore yeah. a suit. I mean, like if it's a clinch day, <laughs> I'm gonna wear a suit if, for the playoffs. I'll wear a suit. Okay. Um, I mean, you gotta remember, I wore a suit game. for six years. Like from I our standpoint, yeah. Game. No, you did. Fancy. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair yeah. point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just I just illustrate this point as like people were putting on their their best Sunday and like best. oh this is yeah and like it's funny I'm not trying to like rain on the parade because um, it, f- rewind to that Saturday game uh, the win over uh, Utah or win or yeah he went over Utah sorry it's starting to blend you close out that back to back nice two wins there and uh, you kind of write the ship a little bit even though you you know Utah didn't have Laurie Markin in a couple other players but you know Walker Kessler was a beast and. You know they they were they were a formidable opponent and they took you down to the wire. You were able to close out very nicely again. No deer and fox. That's fine. So uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves. And like if you had won and you needed a little bit of help from other people in the standings, you would have clinched at that point. And afterwards, like the sea of people trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the clinch scenarios now since they didn't get the help they needed? And then it falls to the Minnesota Warriors game, and of course Minnesota beats the Warriors. So I was kind of like during those, I was like. Who cares? Like this team is already a playoff team. Realistically, we know it. If you can do it on your home floor and have the opportunity to do it on your home floor, that's where it becomes the big, huge story because then it's festive. Then the fans can celebrate it, and that's all that really matters. The NBA is not Major League Baseball. They don't go out and pop champagne bottles after clinching uh, playoff spots and divisions and things like that. So um, it's still a big deal. I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm saying from a team standpoint, they it's just another game. They already know. They've already wrapped their heads around the fact that they're a playoff team, and I think most fans have as well. Mm-hmm. I think some of the media should, but and I use the word should. Um, but, yeah, man, they just, you know, it was kind of funny to <laughs> – I felt bad for the fans, so that part I, I, I set aside. But we had to even – Gary Gerald and I looked at each other. We're like, "Boy, we've seen we've seen enough uh, moments in King's history to where this ain't a given." You had three opportunities to clinch last night. You're playing a team that I don't mean to pat myself on the back here, but I would be deathly afraid of to to see in the playoffs. And last night, just all but vindicated and validated that belief. Uh, vindicated myself and validated that belief. And uh, we're like, "No, this like nothing goes well for the Kings in Sacramento. Nothing's easy in Sacramento." So to have the arrogance that they were going to clinch was kind of funny to see that didn't happen because everyone's like, "Oh, if they win, we're going to go out. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to go do this." I was like. If they don't win, you should still do the same thing because they're still a fucking playoff team. So go do it. Enjoy. <laughs> they didn't need to beat the, the the Timberwolves. You could have still enjoyed the night, and they didn't. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to turn in. I can't do it now. I still went out. I had a great time, and I nearly lost my voice. James, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like I I didn't understand all of the oh come on let's not clench wait till you do it at home wait I I like I've covered this team for too long I, I know that big games are tough um, actually before I, I continue with that first of all Brendan is way on personal issues oh yeah we, oh jeez uh, so that. so our friend Brendan uh, is not with us today he's he's off due to personal personal reasons and we're just he's good that. though everyone he's he, good he's he's good the surgery will go well and uh you know it will no i'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding he, he's not in a in, in a situation he's just he, he's got a personal situation uh off uh, off the pod that he's gotta go uh, be part of today so um okay so my thoughts i didn't get it like if your team can clinch they need to clinch like why people were so excited? Oh no, no, we want them to clinch at home. We want them to clinch at home. Um, and then I, I had asked Mike Brown, like you know, the importance of a game like this because it's going to feel different. This is a playoff game. Like that last night was a playoff game, and the Kings did not live up to their their standard of play at all. Like I don't know what happened, but that wasn't the same team that we've watched all year long. And we can say, oh, to Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. No, the ball movement wasn't there. The three-point shooting wasn't there. The entirety of the game was off and funky and weird, and they they did not step up to the challenge. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't want to – there's no excuses for what happened. Um, but I am going to say this, Sean. Yeah. I don't think anyone knew how to act last night. Like, like we <laughs> no got to No one could that, act right. <laughs> well, no. We got to that first quarter – and like the buzz, like there's all this fun buzz, you know, they, they stand, everyone's standing up and cheering like for the opening and Scott Moak does your uh, starting five for your Sacramento five for your Sacramento Kings. Like everything's cool. 45 seconds into the game, I thought we were in a morgue. That place went deathly silent. Like, holy cow. You could hear a pin drop. Like it was, it was LeBron James in his first television commercial, and George Gervin going, "Come on, little fella." That's what it was. It was like this entire fan base that had waited forever, like got awkward, and then the team got awkward, and then things got awkward, and the whole game felt awkward. And I, there was the only time I thought, "Oh, they got a shot." was when they got free cookies and <laughs> somebody missed a pair of free throws and they got free cookies and everyone's cheering and celebrating free cookies, which is, just, you know, I know it's a $5 cookie, but still totally bizarre. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So to me, I just felt like, good, you got it out of the way because what you don't want is that game in game one of the playoffs because that is exactly what you have to avoid. The awkward moment, the silence, the everyone from top to bottom getting stuck in a moment and not knowing what to do. And that's what I felt that like, maybe and, I'm, and I'm you're crazy. Con- and you're convinced that that's, that's out of the way. Cause I think the only thing that I would be convinced of, uh, is that the building fast forward to the playoffs, the building won't be that quiet during the playoffs. I don't yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that they got it out of their system. I think maybe not. I mean, we might have another game like that, but 
I don't think so. Like, I, I think a lesson was learned. Like, don't so rely are, on somebody else to 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 help carry you for uh, through it. And you're of the belief that 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 it was more Kings related than it was Timberwolves related. Meaning that yeah, the I don't, Timberwolves. I don't think the Timberwolves were just so good that the Kings couldn't beat them. I didn't. Well, to that point, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, the fact that the Kings really didn't play well and they were disrupted and had a season low threes, they were 5 of 27. How do you go 5 of 27 from threes but still shoot about 46%? And, and well, you, you weren't blown out. shot higher you know? because you, you could have kept going to the basket. Like, I just thought it was weird. Like, the whole thing, yeah. the whole night was weird. And, I'm actually and it's in, a bummer. I'm, Go ahead. Yeah, no, it was definitely a bummer. And, and, and I'm actually inclined to believe you because I'm going to point out how Mike Brown and company all talked about how, I mean, they just overcredit the Timberwolves. They disrupted us. They took us out of our pace. Uh, we couldn't hit threes. Um, the, even the way they fought, I, I, and I'm not trying to take any credit away from the Timberwolves because, you know, I think the Timberwolves had a huge uh, impact in that game. I, I am giving them credit, oh, but I'm going so to stop. I'm going to stop short of that because I do believe it fell on the Kings. I asked Mike Brown if he, because we were talking, I didn't ask the question in the pregame availability. Um, I, I'd like to give the person credit, but I can't remember who actually asked it. So forgive me, but somebody asked him about dealing with moments like this and does it, you know, the distraction of clinching and how it could become and just little points of the season, but certainly this one here, how it could become a distraction and obviously there's anticipation over the clinch. Um, some of the players will say, oh, you know, it's one thing, but if, to do it, the home crowd, and you put the, the 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 pressure, if you will, of trying to deliver it on the home crowd, I think it did kind of become a distraction. And I think it did, there was a little bit of a pucker moment. And, I, and I'll even say this, <clears throat> there was a ton of national media in the building last night. Um, most media that have probably covered the Kings since the first game in Golden One Center. And I don't think that's a stretch. Every, every, I mean, you had, you didn't have enough seats for the media last, last night. So, um, what I say there too is I talked to a few of them afterwards, and I don't really feel like giving names because one of them has been a huge believer in the Kings. And I think the Kings, by virtue of them losing that game and, and, and puckering the way that they did and, uh, you know, going up against a team like that, and it, this shouldn't have happened, but it kind of broke that guy's spirit. <laughs> He's like, I'm no, I'm not a believer, and it, and it just shows you how fickle a lot of people can be with their belief in certain teams, and and whether or not you know, look, you haven't come to a game, maybe you've come to two games all year, however that looks, uh, and that's the one game you come to, and then you see that, and it's the lights turn out, right? It's like, oh, I, I don't believe it. Not ready for prime time. I think that's a load of crap. Like, that's not something I'm believe, But that just shows you some of the mentality of, like, a national media or just a media person in general. Not that that matters, but everyone has their own opinions of different teams. They should not have lost their, their spirit <laughs> or even any belief. And if you had any belief in the Kings before, that just shows that that person maybe didn't have the overall strong belief. That or they haven't they're watched not it. Watching. They yeah, haven't they're not watching it. Yeah, right. and I'll I'll say this, Sean. Like um, the way that you and I digest a game is so different. Like I I think it's funny. Like Sean and I sit next to each other. Uh, whether Sean is on my right or on my left is from one game to the next. <laughs> yeah, that varies. Um, I keep we it, keep it interesting. It, it's totally bizarre. <laughs> like we don't move our little paper uh, like placards that say our name. We don't move those. Someone else does. 
Sometimes he's on my right. Sometimes he's on my left. Sometimes I need to move the stats monitor to the left, and sometimes I need to move it to the right because Sean. I'm a diva. But, but no, no, it plays into the way that you and I view a game. Right. You view a game through a viewfinder, and I view a game through a, a writer's mind. And those are such different mindsets. They're totally different mindsets. So you're watching for incidents. You're watching everything. And I'm trying to feel a flow and things that stand out. And I think it's it's like what makes us have very different opinions when we talk about this stuff on the podcast. But I do think it's worth pointing out. Like we, the structure of our jobs, what we do for work completely changes the way that we view a game and yeah. again sean is like i'm like oh that didn't look like a foul and sean's like oh no that was a foul because sean is looking closely through a viewfinder and i'm looking from a million miles away i'm reading body language more than anything else sean is reading the actual like tight shot on what's happening but then like we're the flow of work that we do is very different even the final minute of a game Sean is enjoying the final minute of a game, looking at the game through, again, a camera, while I'm sitting there frantically trying to finish stats and, and send an email to my phone so I can start doing six <laughs> quick thoughts. All of these things, they're all the, sort, sort of the flow of work that we do. And so I am always looking for the crowd, the feel, the like vibe that's happening. Those are things that I'm trying to take in and I just think like our point of views are very different, which I think is unique. It's like yeah. something that you would think we're both media members, but we that's not how we view things. We don't view things the same at all. Yeah, right? and I, I mean you just go down the go down the the whole row there. I think everybody looks at things differently. They all have they're all individual people, and that's what I love about it. You know, you can have different yeah. perspectives. Um, and you're right. Like even with and I don't mean to make this an experience thing, but somebody who may not have covered the league as long might look at it. Oh man, the impact of this game. And it's like, the impact of this game is nothing. Like they've got a, they've got eight games at the time or seven games, whatever it was. Seven to, games to, left. To win one. Still. You know? To and, win one. Or. And you may not even have, have to. Right. One team lose one game and you're in. Yeah. And the players, they're just such a day-to-day -day type of operation that it's like, you know, hey guys, we haven't lost three straight. Now I, you could look, you could take a broader look, which is what I did today at practice, at like just the week itself. You go from staring at a three-game losing streak, which you, which didn't happen because you won two straight. But you lose two, crazy schedules. That was one of those schedule losses, I feel. You come back, you win two, you kind of right the ship, and then you lose a game that, that obviously had some magnitude to it. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but in the players' minds, it's like, no, we, we wanted to win that game, no doubt. We wanted to reward the fans. We wanted to have the season series on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, I mean, the only win we have against them is, a, is an overtime win. And all those games have been close, mind you. You know, you know, even with me talking about how I think it's a terrible matchup, and I do, and it's not a team I'd want to see, um, I, I still feel like, you know, they, they could – it's possible they can win that series. Um, I don't know that I would pick it, but I, it's just it's they've been competitive games despite how out of funk the Kings have looked at times. And I think that's a it's a it's it's a it, there's a lot of things that have happened, particularly in this last game, where I felt like the Kings just put a lot of pressure on themselves. I do feel that there was a distraction. I do feel that the locker room and Coach Brown lied to us in the face. 
which I would too if I was them, and say, no, it wasn't a distraction. We weren't distracted. We looked out of sorts. We can credit the Timberwolves. We hope we see them again, or we hope we don't. Either way. Um, but right now, if the playoffs started today, guess who you play in the playoffs? It'd be Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, and, of course, Minnesota was playing without Cat, um, and Anthony Edwards looked like about 70% of who he is as a player. Um, I don't know that having Cat helps them or hurts them. It makes it scarier because he's such an offensive weapon, but he's so bad defensively, and they are so much worse defensively when he's on the court that I don't know that that is a good matchup for them to have him on the court. Uh, I'm not sure. I really like Nas Reed. Um, yeah, I do I'm, too. I'm circling Nas Reed and saying, is there a way for the Sacramento Kings to get Nas Reed in uh, in the offseason this summer? I'm with which, you. Yeah. Which he's very strange. He's um, a fourth-year player going into his fifth season, and he does not have a restricted free agent status. Not sure what's going on there, but he can shoot the three ball. He can block shots. He can rebound somewhat, uh, but he's big. He's strong. He's aggressive. He's physical. Um, he's super long. Like, that's a guy that I'm circling and saying, how do I get Nas Reed on my roster for next season? Um, but anyway, I, I'm looking at that team, and I'm like, okay. If that's the team the Kings face, I I don't know. I, I don't think that there's any team, like, we keep talking about. There's so many different things to fear if you're the Sacramento Kings. Or you can just not fear them all. Because you're going to have to face somebody. And that somebody that the Kings are going to have to face has one of two things on you. Either they're much longer than you, or they're much more experienced than you. And th those are your only two options. So do you want to face an experienced team, or do you want to face a super long team? And sure, there are variances within the experienced teams. Like, would you mind playing the Clippers with, uh, with a broken Paul George? Maybe. But then again, like, what do you think you can do with the Clippers? The Clippers still have Kawhi. You've never played them full strength. Zubats has, hasn't played hardly at all in their series. They added a backup center in Plumlee. They added other pieces all over. Eric Gordon has torched the Kings for the last decade. And it seems like people, oh, yeah, I want the Clippers. Okay, the Clippers, you want the Warriors who won the championship last year and who, like, every single one of their, their core group has more playoff experience than your entire team combined? Like, who, what? pick your poison. Like, the fact is... The Kings also present matchup problems for every team in the league. No one can stop the Kings. If the Kings weren't a matchup problem for every team, they wouldn't have a historically great offense. Everyone would just run something that stopped the Kings' offense, and they would be mundane, and they would lose. They wouldn't be the three seed. So I just like at this point, um, like I, I would like to see them clinch. I don't care if they clinch on a day where they're sitting in Portland, you know, drinking IPAs or if they, they beat the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday or Friday, whatever it is, they're going to get in. It, it, there's still a chance that they win 50 games. There's still a chance that they string together three wins in a row right here when you play Portland twice and then the Spurs. And so I'm not concerned. Um, and I I've, I've maybe have got to the point where it's just like, I, I think we saw the evolution of the Kings like in even in postgame, right? We saw De'Aaron Fox and was almost like defiant, like 19-year-old De'Aaron Fox. Like, it's one game. Like, I thought that that was interesting. Um, then we get Harrison Barnes, and he's like the veteran who gets stuck out there to, like, reason through everything with everybody. 
And then we get Mike Brown, and Mike Brown wanted to compliment and like do all these like Houdini moves and, and not like acknowledge the disappointment of what just happened. And then by the time we got to the locker room, I thought that that's where we started to get like honest takes. Like they had had more time to digest it and process what had just happened. That you know, guys like Sabonis, we got Sabonis, we got Herder. Did you stick around and get someone after that? No, I, I bailed after that, but uh, I, I don't even think that it's a. <laughs> I'll use this as an example. We're talking to Domas and ask him about Timberwolves, and he says, "Yeah, it's a team that's got our number, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "I, I want to explore that a little bit more. Like, like, what is it about the like aside from the length? Like, what do you see from this team that uh, that that makes it possible that they have your number?" And he's like, "Well, I don't even really believe that they have our number. That's what our coach. That's what coach says." <laughs> I just there we go like you know there's there's a message and then there's how you feel and I think look some guys were a little bit more eloquent and obviously acknowledging the moment um I think oh, that herder to, herder were spectacular that like yeah. yeah we wanted to do it for these fans they deserve right. to have this happen here we we messed up like we we should have been able to deliver that and you know it's our bad like that that's kind of like the message you got from him but again by the time we got Kevin, it was like almost an hour after the game, as opposed to like, you know, literally uh, De'Aaron Fox comes in with an open wound and we're sitting there squeezing lemon juice in it from across the room with a microphone. And he just was kind of getting more and more like, like agitated and shutting down, um, which we've seen from Fox. That's it's fine. Like, and then again, I, I, I thought that Harrison was trying to reason his way through it. Like what just happened? He was, he was trying to be the solid vet and like stand up and still like, it wasn't until they had enough distance from what had happened before we started getting the, yeah, we blew it like our bad. Uh, yeah. And, and it, I don't want to, it's almost like we talk out of both sides of our mouth because even the team, it's like they acknowledge it and there is, yeah, I feel bad for the fans. We're able to do it, but at the same time, it's like, bro, it's going to happen one game who cares and like like fox like if all the people who said it you know sure you'd like them to maybe acknowledge the moment a little bit and i think fox eventually got there i think later on towards the end of his yeah. uh media session he actually had a nice uh, thought about uh what could have been if you will and he's the he's the way that you probably should exp uh approach everything from last night where it's it's don't don't belabor the point and honestly i think that was the reading in between the lines where it's like no we i think we put too much pressure on ourselves to to do this like we all thought like oh there's three ways to to clinch and none of them happened you know the odds were in your favor but doesn't mean that they that's going to come through and it doesn't come through and it's like of course well you go on and get the next one whatever it'll happen another day missed opportunity but was my team distracted by it and and it possibly I, I in my opinion i think i think yeah i think it, it there ended up being a little bit of pressure that they didn't handle very well against a team that is the worst team you want not the worst team but among the worst teams you want to see in a given situation like that to go out and win one game so that's how i saw it <laughs> yeah i also I, I think that everyone did just kind of overlook the timberwolves as a potential team that could stomp you and they could beat right. you um, and I, I apologize if I'm if I look distracted, but it is seriously snowing. Whiteout like conditions. It's, it's <laughs> sticking. There is snow on the roofs of my neighbors' houses and on their decks. It's. It, I mean, again, it's. It's wow, in the trees. It is. Full
fully coming down, which is bizarre. Again, it's 42 degrees. It, it's not supposed to be cold enough to snow. And this isn't, what was it? It's not grapple. This is, oh, is grapple. Yeah, I learned what that was. Grapple, yeah, man. I learned what that yeah, was. Yeah, grapple. You brought that to the to the, the table here. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and like, look, the other thing, again, I, I think the fans, everyone, like, it felt like a night where not everyone understood how to how to react. And and I think it's a good thing. I, I Again, I asked Mike about it before, like, if it's one of those things where you guys kind of need to go through some of these things. You need to feel this. And he was like, yeah, I, I mean, I, let's get to, like, one of the, like, the elephants in the room, Sean. There's a couple. Um, yeah. I know where we're going now. Yeah. I, I mean, did Mike Brown outcoach himself? I oh, mean, that wasn't what I was going with. Okay. Well, let's let's start there. Uh, I don't Alex think he Lynn did. Had, Do you think he did? Oh, Alex I see what Lynn you're saying. played 58 minutes <laughs> yeah. the entire season, <laughs> and like 20-something of those came in the one game where Sabonis missed, and he started him against Denver. What? Yeah. Like, and I'm somebody who, like, look, I check on Alex all the time. I'm in pregame locker room every game. And I go over and I talk to Alex. I, I like Alex Lynn. I hope that Alex Lynn gets another opportunity in the league. But we're game 73, and Alex has 58 combined minutes on the season, and he plays major minutes. Like, not major. I mean, he played, what, 12, 13, 14 minutes? Did he? Was even biggest... that much? I don't even think it was that much. Well, I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll check for you. I got it right here. Yeah, it, yeah, it Alex Lynn played seven minutes, seven twenty nine, and was okay seven twenty nine. But what did he play in the first half versus the first half? He played like six minutes, so yeah. it's the second half where he doesn't play <laughs> that much. But and, and again, I'm not blaming Alex Lynn for what happened, but I was just confused. Like I get it, maybe Chemezi Metu has once again like stepped in it with the coaching staff because it feels that way, but like Chemezi helped get you here. And and right. Sean can attest. I'm not one of the guys that like. Oh, I can't wait to see Chemezi Metu play every night. Like there are things that Chemezi Metu does on a court to frustrate me. And it's not that I dislike Chemezi Metu. It's that you know, like the type of player, his role, how he's tried to fit into his role, how he struggled sometimes to try to do too much. Those are things that like start to frustrate. But still, I, I thought, why would you run Alex Lynn out there against Nas Reed? who's a three-point shooting big, who likes to take guys off the dribble. He's not, in, in any way, shape, or form, a back-to-the-basket big man that you want to use Alex Lynn for. And I'd even say that about their team. Their team wasn't, like, were they taking the Kings off the dribble? Yes, but they yeah. weren't finishing at the rim. It was a bunch of jump shots. Right. So I was like, why Alex It, it was Lynn? also... It was also you didn't see Alex Lynn going out there during Gobert time. It wasn't like he had he was out there for Gobert time. It was out there for yes, you know. I, I to me it was more of a send a message. I think where hey, you guys haven't been good. This is this is what I this is what I'm result what I have to resort to. I have to go to Alex Lynn. You know how angry it makes me that I have to go to Alex Lynn. That's what I would say in the in the locker room. That's probably that's the message he's sending is. I am so pissed off right now. I have to put Alex Len in the in this game, and and again, we're talking seven minutes. So I'm, I just feel like yeah, I, I don't know that he out coached himself. Position. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I there were with that. I I just felt like he he may have overthought it. Like yeah, it might have been cute. 
I don't know if it was again, I think it's more of a message to his own team. And uh <laughs> it's even just the not, Denver game, wasn't... he played four he played fourteen minutes. Right. Like outside of that, Alex Len he, he hasn't played five minutes. And Domas was out of that game, right? Five oh four. Yeah, that's a game he missed. Yeah. Right. And he started. Uh he played five oh four against Brooklyn early in the season when they, they bombed Brooklyn, when they crushed Brooklyn. Um, he played 455 against Indiana. Again, I think that was another lopsided game. Um, like he, he just hasn't played like how many, and, and I wish there was a stat. I'd love to see him. How many, how many games he's got in before the halftime? Oh, I, it's not many, man. Right. Maybe three, maybe three all season. So I, you know what? Like you, you brought up that there was national media there with Shams there. We had heard no. that Shams was going to be there. Well, if he was, I didn't see him. I don't, I don't think I he didn't was see there, him either. No. Yeah, I don't see me. Yeah, we're talking and, about Sean um, Sharanya from the Athletic and Stadium. Yeah, and, and we'll also bring up that uh, that Vivek Ranadive missed a game with pneumonia. Uh, yeah, he put it out via Instagram, via the gram that he has he had pneumonia. I mean, like, how big of a bummer would that have been? Um, I'm, I'm sure he was at home hoping to clinch, but um, you know, Sean, let's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think he was like, ah, cool. We'll wait till when I can go attend a game. I don't think no, he was thinking that no. way. <laughs> yeah, he's not. I don't think he flew up to Portland. Um, do you think uh, this is just a random? Do you think that the winning this season changes the view of Vivek Ranadive? Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would hope so because again, you can't just heap blame on him and not give him any praise because he is so. We've talked about it. He's so involved in every decision that's made. It's not like all the good decisions are made. He sits in a room and the only ones he's involved in are the ones that completely go to hell. Uh, no, he's involved in every one of them. So he should be celebrated that way. I, I, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's very much a part of it. So um, you could still, even if they're good, I can still understand people saying, I don't want to see that, or I don't, I wish that wasn't the case, but it is the case. It's not unique to Sacramento. And yeah, I think it's just, it's, you know, not to go, say it is what it is but that it is what it is in sacramento that they're a team that's going to have a very vocal ownership group and and somebody who's got their hands and everything and um it, it hasn't worked yet it's they're reaping the benefit of, of a lot of it this year um but yeah he's him he is very very much involved in in the day-to-day -day opera at least in the day-to-day -day operation decision making of this of this franchise um okay i'll, I'll hit you with this if the kings come home on sunday and they've clinched, which I think we at, at that point Sunday we assume that they will have clinched like six different ways, right? Right. There's so many different tiebreakers. Then again, maybe they won't. Uh, who knows? Like everything could go wrong, and they could still be sitting there. Um, but if they do come in and they clinch, and or they have clinched, and it's one of those celebration games where, you know, you start seeing the fans chanting and all that stuff, would you be comfortable with a? Like, you know, how the Sacramento, but with a Rana, Dive, would you be comfortable well, with that? Would you think that, like, it's something that he, like, had deserved? No. No? No? <laughs> no, I, to me, that would, that, would feel, that would feel very out of place. Because, um, again, like, you're celebrating the team's success. Sacramento, those chances. Yeah. He's just, he's part of it. You're celebrating him as part of the fabric of the organization as the owner. I mean... You know, you, you, I I don't think he needs the the I don't feel like he needs the to to 
to raise his own flag or have his own ego stroked um, to sh- for fans to show appreciation. I think they, they cheer on the team. He'll feel that love. Uh, they don't need to necessarily go out of their way to celebrate him, you know? Okay. Yeah, Do you? I'm intrigued. Like, No, I mean, I would like to see him, um, like, he's he's the punching bag when everything goes wrong. And, you know, like, let's be honest, like, over the course of, of the last decade that he's been here, um, not all things that you hear about Vivek are 100% accurate. A lot of them are taken out of context or they're used in a way to uh, further someone else's argument or further someone else's reason for why things didn't work out here in Sacramento. And so I think that, like, historically there's been um like any time that there is a a coaching search or a coach gets fired there's always like an element of how much did vivek was vivek involved and sometimes it's greatly and sometimes it's not sometimes vivek is a voice in the room but isn't the final voice in the room that actually makes a decision he's you know like so i think that there are so many times where he's almost used as a negotiating tool outside of Sacramento to, you know, whether, again, it be a coach getting, whether a coach should get fired or not, whether they should get more time or whether this coach should get the job or that coach should get the job or, you know, there's always something with Vivek. And I I think a lot of what we hear about him, like there's plenty of truth to what we've heard, but there's also like the, the myth of Vivek, if you will. And like, sometimes I feel like he does get a bit of a raw deal. I, I would like to see yeah. him celebrate. If they, if they I mean, make I the just... playoffs, I would be perfectly fine with Vivek Ranadive walking over and being the guy who lights the beam on one of the final games of the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. is that, that a... Is that a, is that a... Of, not the lighting of the beam means anything, or like right. like the it's actual thing, but, but I think that he should like have an opportunity to be celebrated. I wasn't okay when like, a bunch of like randos are walking across the court and like a bunch of rich people walking over to go punch the beam. But like <laughs> Vivek for better I mean, or worse has been the face of it. You know, yeah. these other guys, these other characters I mean, that, like, that was Raj Bathal, like, right? If I'm, yeah, that was Raj no, Bethal and, and who was over there. I appreciate Raj Bathal, but there was also a group with Raj. Like, so that's one of those situations where it's like, okay, Raj Bethal has been here and he's been a major contributor money-wise, financially. But Vivek is the one that has to take the beating for every season, every losing season. He's the guy that they write about. You never hear, oh, and Raj Bethal really likes Mark Jackson. Like, you don't hear that. So, you know what I mean? So, I I would be okay if Vivek... I just, to me, yeah, it would just feel kind of like unusual right like no one chants like if you're a a patriots fan no one's chanting bob Kraft's name um no you know you know what i mean like i just feel it'd be unusual for a fan base to show appreciation to an owner that way because again you're 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 you know how you show appreciation to the owner you buy his product you 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 wear yeah. his merchandise. Yeah, yeah. I think I think fans do enough there. If you if you, if they look if they saw him on the street, they might extend a handshake. They might want to take a picture with him. I don't think they're gonna spit in his face like a New Yorker to to Dan Dolan or something like that. Uh, yeah. But what just Dolan, you know, Dolan's or James Dolan. Excuse name. me. I said James Dan Dolan because yeah. I have a yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, 
I, I just I don't know. I I feel like it would be a, a corny kind of a corny move and a little bit out of uh, out of the ordinary to do something like that as a as a fan base. Hmm. It'd be unexpected. Okay. I would have never have seen that. Like like before they tried to you know move the team. Joe and Gavin Maloof were like absolutely adored in this the town love. For, for their yeah yeah and and they they never really had that. I do remember the uh, Kevin Johnson when they come back from. From from Orlando All Star Weekend, and they've got the agreement in principle, and they go arm in arm and extend hands. And uh, Kevin Johnson's on the mic and says, "Let's give it up for the Sacramento Kings and the Maloofs." And they, that was just a way to kind of because if you did it just for the Maloofs, after some of the things that they'd gone through, they probably would have gotten booed even with them staying there. So um, he disguised it well, and they got a nice ovation, and people were happy that day. So. And then we we had the one game where they uh, they gave Kevin Johnson a token of appreciation, and it was an autographed ball from the team, uh, not a banner well, or yeah. Well, he's got the thing on the wall in the arena with the with all the other the city council, with the and, city council members. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool, right? Eh, uh, I don't know. He's like persona uh, non grata now. It's can't you? Know. Kind of strange. Um, all <laughs> well, right, yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's not, a whole other ball game. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. going to discuss that one today. Uh, maybe we do. I thought the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> I thought the elephant in the room, mind you, was going to be a Malik Monk discussion. I really did because this is another game, and I don't mean to you know bring up the Timberwolves game again, but uh, another game where Malik doesn't play well. This time had really more of the. And this is the the game where. You know, you and I have different versions, I think, sometimes of what a bad Malik game is. Like, I don't care if he doesn't shoot well. Last night, he it was a game he didn't shoot well. He kind of shot him out of the game. Tried to bring him back in the fourth. Some of the defense was there. But my whole Malik Monk bad games are usually when he's just turning the ball over and it's, like, really, really bad. You know, I think last night was one of those games where I was like, even where I said, oh, my God, you know, as I even said, you don't need to shoot well. Last night, he didn't, and he was really bad. And I think he's really wearing it. Like he's very frustrated by his play over the past uh, few games. And uh, but again, when he doesn't play well, this team has a hard time winning. And there's something weird about that. I'm gonna say, like, I think we both have varying degrees or varying yeah. opinions on what that statement that you just said means. And so over his last four games. Uh, so he scored 12 points last night, eight points, eight points, and six points. See, um, there you go. You look at points. I don't. I look at turnovers, okay. assists, and his defensive Two, play. Like, three, one, and three assists. That's not good enough. Not uh, good. Turnovers. No. Turnovers, not bad. Zero, zero, and then two and two. Um, but, like, I, I think there's this weird thing where, like, we, we both think of Malik in a similar way, but just from a different point of view. So you think that he's the most important player, right? Like on this roster. He's not, not the best player. Not the best no, player. No, no, no. He's no. the most, he's, but he, he's what important for, I say he's the most important for team success when you have your best players rolling the way that they are. Obviously, if your best player has a bad game, you know, that's something different. But I feel like his, energy his swagger his confidence his or his vibe really sets a tone for the sacramento kings it really does and that has a dramatic impact on the team and if it if he goes into a spot where it's not going well 
this team has a hard time. Certainly, they've been able to win games when he's struggled. But when he doesn't have that type of aura around him, it's infectious. And when he's rolling, they're rolling. Every time he's playing well, they look like world beaters. Okay, so I'm going to agree with that. But I'm going to say that when he's not playing well, he's right. a big reason why they lose. And it's not because... That's, that's my point. Yeah, that's my point. No, no, but I, I'm going to... I, I know it... what you're saying, too. Like, he ta- he shoots them out of a game. He takes them out of a game. The turnovers yes. are terrible. No, and I get that. That's what I'm saying. Like, they need yeah. him to play well. They have to have him play well. for. The, and again, they're at their best when he's playing well. And when they're not, it's a struggle, man. It is. And and, and, and that's I, I, I completely agree with that. I think there are plenty of games this season where Malik was not a major factor and they won the game. And so that's where I I differ. Like, I think, yes, when he's really good, they're unbeatable, unbeatable. But when he's really bad, I don't know that they can win. And then I'll say this, Sean, the last couple of games, I don't understand what's happening, but De'Aaron Fox has stopped being fourth quarter Fox and he's passing the ball to Malik, and I'm sitting there like, "What is happening? Why are, why is De'Aaron Fox settling for catch and shoot three point jump shots right. in the final five minutes of a game while Malik is running pick and rolls and and doing Malik Monk things with with uh, with Sabonis? It's almost so forced to get Malik going that it's like, what is happening? Like Malik time came and went. It was like in the late third quarter and early fourth quarter, his time came and went where he's supposed to be impactful. It's time for Fox to go do Fox things. And this team all of a sudden is losing an identity piece at the wrong time and a crucial moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, to the point of like, again, I, I do, I do agree with that to, to an extent I'll say, look, Malik has closed a lot of games this season. Um, so yeah. it's not like he can still be that player, but I do see Fox giving up the ball quite a bit to him, and it's taking the shot out of his uh, out out of the game. So, um, but I also say, look, I'm not saying that again. They've won games where he hasn't played well, but it's not it's not a lot. Like it's a harder game to win. It becomes an instantly harder game to win when he doesn't play well. Um, but yeah. I, kind of really I, think, I think I like think they're looking at him as like and, yeah. I think they look at him and they go, man, whatever it is, whether it be a shooting slump and it affects everything else. I mean, these cross court passes that sometimes he attempts are just, you know, those are the ones where you cringe because you feel like it's going to be intercepted. <laughs> yeah, there's just some things like where he's hitting people in the stands. Um, there, it, like looking at the stats, there are a lot of games this season where he's shooting, like, there's, like, a, a point break where he shoots, you know, if he's shooting 44.4% from the field, the Kings are X, and if he's shooting below that, that's when it starts to go haywire. Well, and this so, team also, this team is also keenly aware of it, too. It's it's not, you know, it's an observation I've had, but investigating it more, like, everyone knows it. Everyone on that team yeah. knows it. Like, they have to get Malik going. They have to have him... It it just it becomes an easier game when he is, and it's a struggle when he's not. And you know, last night was another example of it. Hopefully, Portland okay, can be the slump buster for him. <laughs> yeah, slump buster. Um, thank you, Mark Grace, for for that term. Um, yeah. Like, uh, okay, so Sean, when we look at uh, 
the rest of the guys. I mean, first of all, we're not going to have to see the Kings. What do they shoot? Five of 29 from three. We're not going to see that. Five of 27, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's the worst shooting number that they've had in a couple of years, I think. Like, it's 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 certainly the fewest number of threes they've made this year. I know that Minnesota, like, did the whole top block thing. Um, where that's something that we kept hearing. Oh, that you know they they did something different. They top blocked us. Um, that should not have been that big of an issue. This team flat out missed a bunch of three point shots. Uh, and mm-hmm. whether it was Herder or Monk or De'Aaron Fox or Keegan Murray, they they just flat out missed. And and I kind of wanted more. Harrison Barnes, even he didn't have an outstanding game, but like he was at least solid. It just felt like one of those games where if they had one more guy really step up, and, of course, Herter was in foul trouble. He tried to step up late, finished with, like, what, 13 points, which is pretty good for how the few minutes he did play because of foul trouble. Um, but the three-point shot is something we've talked about all season. Keegan's now, what is he, two away from tying Donovan Mitchell's record of 187 made three-pointers. Uh, it's his, the rookie record for most made three-pointers. Again, he's going to get that record. Like, I don't think we have any question about that. Um, but, like, was this just a one-off for all of these guys? Because that's what it kind of felt like. I don't know that it had anything. I mean, it had something to do with Minnesota. I don't think it had nearly enough to do with Minnesota. It was more about the Kings. Uh, Mike Brown talked about that today where um, it, it is a, it is something that they have to figure out with this against Minnesota because – they do a really good job of being physical and you're not quick to respond with physicality on your part. Um, the Obviously it comes down to defense, but I, I felt looking at the way they harassed, they harassed basically everyone. They harassed Demona Sabonis. I think, you know, HB had it going for a little bit, but Keegan looked out of sorts a little because they were kind of pushing him around. Uh, I think some of the length really bothered them, especially on the perimeter. Pick and rolls, I mean, Domas was was her was they were throwing I think the guards kind of got a little um disjointed at times I thought some of the stuff they were rolling at Fox was uh was basically designed to kind of disrupt him and and kind of let the you know the defense is gonna the offense is gonna feel the defense and that's kind of what they did and they did a good job of doing it without fouling and the Kings were not able to do that um and Mike wants to see more of that physicality early on and it's certain things that are um kind of popping up of late uh I think there's obviously there's a there's a theme of really shitty defense throughout the whole season but there are some things that have kind of bubbled to the surface recently that they're gonna have to address and um, I think they hoped to, that they were able to do some of that today. Uh, it was a light practice, obviously, before they leave for Portland. And then you've got a day off in between. So um, certainly some moments to, to kind of go over and look at. But, you know, I think, honestly, aside from the magnitude of what last night was, I think Minnesota is one of, is just one of those teams. And, and he compares them just like I have, where it's – I'm saying he, Mike Brown, compares them just like I have, where it's – I asked him, I said, is there other teams that you've seen do that to you uh, outside of Minnesota, and, like even if you're excusing length, it's like no, it comes down to those teams like Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, and you can add Minnesota to that list. Uh, only you see Minnesota three times a season, and you only see the other two twice or the other ones twice. So, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and even but again, I think what's encouraging though there is a there is a silver lining because it's not like you're getting blown out by that team. I think Minnesota has Lost a basketball. Right, and you've gone to overtime in another game. The previous game, I think, was a 
you know, single digit game, six points maybe. Um, that the first of the back to back that they had with them. So um, it's encouraging that you can go up against a team like that, get pushed around, make them make i mean they slowed him down you know that was one big thing that's what harrison barnes was talking about like the pace went really slow um it, it totally disrupted the way you you play your game it didn't feel like king's basketball last night and it didn't really feel like king's basketball in any of the other previous matchups with minnesota as well so uh, i think there's something to it but i'm not going to deny the fact i think there was a little bit of distraction on the king's end yeah yeah how was practice today? Uh, I, I missed practice today just because the weather had turned crazy. Yeah. And I'm actually really glad now because it's, there's like an inch of snow on the ground, maybe, maybe more. Um, since this is, this was, <laughs> yeah, you got a foot, you're gonna have to get out there and start shoveling the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Totally, uh, totally bizarre. Out of nowhere. This was not expected. Like the snow a couple of weeks ago was expected, but this one was not at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, most I, of the most of the attention was given to Mike Brown. Obviously, um, today was one of those days where you know the, the players don't want to be bothered. Um, we, you know, we we made our requests and we got we we some of them were told no uh, in terms of um, you know these players trying to get to the plane and get out of here. So it's one of those quick ones. It's no slight on anybody. Um, Kessler Edwards spoke not really much to to talk about there, um, but. You know, just identifying things and areas of improvements, and uh, just really, you know, wait. Mike how... and Kessler spoke. That was it. That was it. Yeah, we were going to try and get Keegan, oh, man, but I'm, uh, he. I'm glad I didn't drive down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> but uh, and again, you can just you can watch the videos. You'll be fine. I actually yeah. haven't posted Kessler Edwards yet, but just because. I I don't think it. <laughs> I don't think there was going to be much learned there. So, uh, <laughs> no slide on him. It was just like he he didn't really play a whole lot in that game and well it's not his fault i mean he's a new kid. no it's not his fault like yeah you, you don't you know like lose a soccer game by you know 10 to nothing and then like interview the kid who who played three minutes so right um yeah so um it's all good when it comes to like let's i, I want to investigate that just for before we get out of here like quickly when they picked up kessler he he seemed like the player archetype they they wanted to look at a player like him and see what he looks like and like he'll be on the team next season like it's a budget contract uh so i'm not saying that like he's just a throwaway but what i am saying is that we're we're seeing sort of a version of a player that you might want to go chase a, a bigger more experienced like maybe a higher level version of kessler edwards he seems like he's really fit in though and that his maybe he's played himself into a slightly bigger role than that next season but maybe maybe not maybe he's just like you're still gonna have him as part of your rotation or back into your rotation but um it certainly is the piece that this team one of like one or two pieces that this team is missing uh yeah yeah i only hesitate there because i feel like um uh he he does some things that certainly that not everybody does um he, he he is a little bit more of a defensive player and and that's a good thing but mm -hmm. he, he can he can do some things with the basketball that most people probably i feel like if you were to give him more of an extended role uh which which i'd like to kind of see to be honest at some point um how would he do with it i just don't know that i have a lot of confidence in him compared to other rotational players on the team um but and that's because he's not so been far here. so good. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. I think that I, what I would say is I still think there's a lot of curiosity there, and I still I don't know that that's something you can really depend on. But in the short sample size, he's looked. He's he you know he's 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 lived up to he's lived up to uh, probably exceeded some expectations along the way is what I'll what I'll say. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think he's exceeded expectations, and I, you know he's shooting thirty seven percent as a member of the Kings from three, forty seven point seven percent overall, and that's on one point eight three point shots per game, which is actually pretty decent. I, I'm kind of surprised, and even like his rookie season uh, in Brooklyn, he. He averaged like 2.83 per game and shot 53.3%. He's young. He's 22 years right. old. And, and I actually, I think it's like a really nice gamble. And whether he's part of the main rotation or he's more of like 11 through 15 on next year's roster, I still think you've got good value there. And and yeah. I think it's, again, you're getting to look at a piece that may work for you. And, you know, if you can get a better version of that, a more experienced version, um, then you do it. But uh, it sure is nice to have more depth and more length like that at the 3-4. So uh, outside of that, Sean, um, I don't know. Yeah, I got a question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. So we learned that Harrison Barnes t- talked the other day uh, pregame, and, like, the goal was 50 wins for them. Like, they're more than the clinch and more than, like, you know, it did kind of things that that in, aspirations. It? Yeah, that the 50 wins was an actual goal for the team. And I think that's a good one to get, once, you, especially once you get to 45. I said 45 to me was, like, that's the attainable goal, and then whatever you get after that, fantastic. Um, and I think that became the attainable goal after the early success. You know, you start moving the, the goalposts, so to speak. Um, you with the seven is it seven games remaining? I think you'd have to go five and two, right? Is that is that what it seven looks like? Seven games. You need to go five and two. Are you betting on that? You taking that? Um, I, I'm just gonna look one last time. Okay, so I think they get to forty eight. Boom, boom, boom. Forty eight is uh, Portland. Portland. So you're saying three straight? Three straight without any question in my mind. Wow. Then okay. we get down to you got to split the final four. The final four are the Pelicans at the Pelicans at the the Mavericks, home for Golden State and at Denver. Um, I, I think that there's two wins there, but I'm also Sean. There's no way I'm going to count on this team to lose three games in a row to finish uh, four games in a row to finish the season. Right, that's not going to happen. This team does not lose like has not had prolonged losing streaks i think the pelicans game would be a battle i think the mavs game is is going to be intriguing because the mavs are either going to be on the outside looking in or are going to be like done at that point uh, they're either they're going to be done or they're going to be in a dog fight for the final uh like play-in spots um i think the warriors game is huge because there's potential for you to play them and then the nuggets the last game of the season that could be a game where we see Denver has pulled away for the number one seed and they sit a bunch of guys. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yes, Sean, they get to 50. Yeah, I, I can 51, see it. One, right. Like that was what you and I and Brennan had this conversation. I said 51. <laughs> I, I don't think they get to 51 now. Um, no. But like, like, can they get to 50? I think they still get, they can still get to 50. Yeah, certainly they can. Uh, I, I'm, even if I'm being a little conservative here, I think I think they let's pretend they lose one of the next three. 
Maybe they drop one in Portland. Maybe I don't think the Spurs are going to come here and get them. Hopefully that doesn't happen for their sake. But uh, it is an early game. Uh, it's a different. It's a three o'clock game here on the on in Sacramento. So uh, let's say they drop one of those three. Okay, so now you've got two that you've won. Maybe you just chalk up, split the doubleheader go or the the back to back. Yeah, so if you go, okay, that's two, three, you pick up. Let's say you win one of the Pelicans or Dallas, but you lose the other. So that's three, and that gets you to the final game with Warriors and Nuggets. So split those pair, that gets you four. I think they get four. I think they get 49. That's that's 49. Um, Yeah. Okay, I'll take 50, you take 49, because I don't think there's any way they lose one of the next three games. Yeah, I mean that would be to me that would be a little. But again, they're 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 not playing terrific right now, um, and that's why I say hopefully you know Portland with them shutting down Dame, um, you know maybe that's one of the the slump buster that they need. But uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think it's a. No I don't think it's going to be no a walk in the park. Win. No, neither one of those teams yeah, I, should have any interest in winning. Yeah, I think this is going to be like one of those moments where they go in and they take care of business. Like I expect them to take care of business. And then we get to that other phase where again, golden state right now at 39 and 37 is seventh. Uh, right. The Pelicans are eighth at 38 and 37. They're half game behind the warriors. Then we got the Lakers at 37 and 38, the thunder at 37 and 38. They're tied for the nine and 10. The Mavericks as of right now are 37 and 39 on the outside looking in. Luca is going to try to go for 500. Um, and then you have Portland well, all the way down at 13 at 32 and 43. Dude, they don't want right. to win another single game from here on out. They are going to try right now. Portland is tied for one, two, three, four. They're tied for the fifth worst record in the NBA. They don't want to win another game. If they win one more game, they move up to, uh, the wizard and Pacers category uh, and ahead of Orlando, um, that's like you could potentially go from f- five to like nine with one win. There, there's no way, Sean. I'm just well, saying. but yeah, but there's also one thing I think we are taking for granted here. Kings tonight, as we record this podcast on 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 Tuesday the twenty eighth, if the Warriors lose to the Pelicans, the Kings have clinched, right? You might see some resting of players down the stretch, particularly Demonis Sabonis, maybe Harrison Barnes, um, De'Aaron Fox, and again, maybe. no incentive. No incentive. If, if you've clinched at that point, you could, you know, find ways to rest different guys. Like for example, let's say you win Wednesday, maybe Friday you sit Sabonis and and Barnes, especially with the early game with the Spurs on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like there's there's different moments. That, and again, you don't need to win any season series with the Blazers or the Spurs. Pelicans will be the game that you're going to have to, you know, suit up everyone for. Mavericks potentially, as you mentioned, the Warriors. Nuggets might be one of those games where you're resting people as well. So that will could factor very much into the win-loss category here. I think so too, but I'm also going to guess that Mike Brown doesn't do that, that he's going to At all? Ride. No, he's going to... I would. He's going to regulate minutes. He's not going to regulate games off. I don't believe that he thinks that games off are a good thing and that he can cut these guys down to 25 to 30 minutes and and get to the finish line, uh, rely heavily on Kessler. Maybe we see some Rashawn Holmes here in the final 
two weeks of the season as they try to like get ready for the playoffs. Maybe Chemezi Metu like it's out of say, the is Alex house. Len is Alex is Alex Len ahead of him on the depth chart at the moment? Is Alex Len all of a sudden ahead of him on the depth chart? Yeah. Um yeah, I, I'm kind of of that opinion. I, I think we're we're gonna see a reduction in minutes, but I don't think that they'll rest players. I don't think they'll sit players out. I think that they want to have a flow and be a finely oiled machine going into the playoffs. They don't want to take a step back. Like this isn't a 60 win team. This isn't a team that's been there three times in a row. And all of a sudden they know how to manage themselves going into the playoffs. This is a team that I I believe is, is ready to, uh, that they want to, they want to win as many games as possible and they want to show. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think Mike has even uh, alluded to as much in, in some of the things he said the other day. But um, I think finding a, a game or two is going to be – I mean, he held Fox out the other night as a precautionary. Granted, he was dealing with something, but Domas is playing with a broken hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, Harrison Barnes has been kind of Mr. Reliable. He hasn't really had a day off. So I, I don't know. I could I – could, I'm just saying I could see game. it. You've got – no, you've got you've – got, uh, again, that early that early start time with on Sunday. Uh, if you've you've got things clinched, that Portland game doesn't matter. Uh, I, I honestly think that that Friday game you might see someone sit. Maybe hmm. I'm wrong. I've been wrong. Maybe a lot. Sean's wrong. Um, okay, <laughs> like Sean, I I don't even think that we'll just count that as like the business of basketball. Business, yeah, okay. that sounds yeah. Right. That's, uh, you that's keep what you got to bus- do the sounder. The business of basketball. Um, yeah, that's kind that's of official. that's kind of what we're doing. The business of basketball, uh, where we're discussing. I think they win fifty. Sean thinks they win forty nine. We're just gonna make some. Uh, Brendan thinks they they don't win another game. They they win forty five. <laughs> oh, is he gone dark side here. on us? Even no, no, I'm just messing oh, okay. with Brendan. Um, uh, okay, so let's just get to it. Uh, Sean, do you have any final thoughts? Hmm. Mm. Uh, I saw John Wick four without seeing John Wick two. Wait, which three? one did I see? I saw no. I saw I saw three. So I saw I went one, three, four. No, four. Never saw two. Yeah, I saw the fourth. Okay. One. I have I not got that to I... see John Wick yet. It's long. I was surprised that it's like it two forty seven, right? Yeah, but I think it's probably like two hours of fighting. So it's like fight sequence, like probably two hours. So I I I just. Throw it out there because I know we mentioned a lot of movies. I think I understood like the appeal to it of John Wick. Like it's the first one I really liked. Third one was just like, yeah, okay, I guess. Um, fourth one, I would say over. Yeah, I think I like it, but I think I'm just kind of bored with it now. Okay, I want to yeah. see it. Like me and I think me and the boys might take off and go see it tonight. I also want the boys will love it. Your boys will love it. Yeah, the Zach Braff movie. I want to go see that. Um, with, what's that uh, one? With um, what's her name? Um, Puig, his ex girlfriend. Um, oh, I don't know. I haven't. I don't see that one. You know who I'm talking about? Like who no. is uh, Scarlett Johansson? Is what in Marvel World? Her sister in the Marvel oh, movies. Oh, I don't watch those. Oh come on. Yeah, man. Sorry, you're gonna have to look okay, this up. Okay, so Zach Braff. Uh... No, I'll have it right now. Um, oh, Francis Pugh. Francis or Pug. Pugh. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Pugh. Yeah, don't know however you say Pugh, her. However you say her name. That's an unfortunate um, last good, name. I'll good, tell you that. A good person. That that's the new one. Uh, 
a good person and it's written by zach braff and of course zach braff was on scrubs forever he also wrote garden state um yeah how do you do so with uh, scary movies Oh, I'm not a huge scary movie fan. I do like, uh, like I this Scream. Like we'll we'll watch Scream, but uh, I don't know if I'll make. I it saw to that. The theater. Yeah, you told me. I that. went and saw that one. Yeah, I See? did that, and then I don't know that I would. What I reason no, because I brought like that that the Pope's Exorcist. Those Exorcist movies. I'm not a religious person, but I can't get into those. Those things are scare the shit out of me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not into that either. I, I'm not into the super dark. Uh, I'm more into like dark crime drama stuff yeah so anyway. fun stuff um okay my Brendan final thoughts is it's still snowing and this is absolutely <laughs> wild because at this point like it's a lot of snow and i'm still i'm Do looking out to... it's dropped to 41 degrees it's supposed to be 38 to snow sean so do, i don't do, know what's do, happening do we, here do we it's need to send you like snow. rations are you good no i a like the package power still on knock on wood i don't want to have okay. to go get the generator out that would suck um, I think the wife did have to take this suburban out to go get the little dude from school, but, um, yeah, just bizarre, bizarre weather. Uh, okay. So let's just finish up here. Um, the Kings need one game and they don't need one game for them. They don't need just one win. Um, they can get in with a warrior's loss, uh, here on Tuesday. They can get in with a win over Portland tomorrow. There also could be some other random game that they could get in on tomorrow, uh, a team losing that, you know, whether it's a Clippers or someone else. Um, so, like, it, it's happening. It's the one game with seven games remaining. Um, there's only one way in which they could not make the playoffs, and it's, like, really, really complicated. Where And they would still be in the play-in. They would be, like, the seven seed. So they've already clinched a play-in um, from what I know, and, like, this is – it's a good moment. So – Hopefully we get to see it. Uh, hopefully the Kings shake off their moment from uh, Monday night again in the loss to Minnesota. Um, and hopefully, like, everyone learns something from that moment because, like, I-, I thought it was, like, even the fans didn't know how to react. I thought the whole night was odd and weird, and I hope that that's not something that we see repeated in the playoffs um, because that just isn't the it's not what we've seen all season long. It's not the Kings brand of basketball. It's not the fans of Sacramento's brand of, of fandom or anything else. So, um, outside we've got, uh, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, uh, and Unless you, already did. If you don't mind. Unless you already did. And Sean screws with you and you accidentally thumbs up twice and screw with all of our numbers. Uh, thanks to price picks. <laughs> Uh, jump on board with the King's Beat. Uh, become a premium subscriber to the King's Beat so uh, we can all go hang out and do playoff stuff. Um, I might even add a few more tiers to the King's Beat so we do like What's playoff that mean? tiers. Um, that might mean that like I, I add some higher-end tiers to the King's Beat where people could jump on board for like a larger subscription uh, and oh. help us get to the playoffs, but they would get something like uh, meet and greet or like a small setting zoom where we're like there's like four or five people but you know like people people uh who have been subscribers for a long time they seem to like what we do and so there i'm sure there are a few out there that wouldn't mind jumping on board for like more uh just a different version of the king's beat subscription so uh, the tasteful so nudes version yeah the tasteful <laughs> nudes version no no tasteful <laughs> no. nudes 
but what Sean's talking about, yeah. Um, and then uh, if you want us, if you want to uh, become a sponsor of the King's Beat, jump on board there too. Um, again, Prize Picks has been cool, uh, and I'm sure we have some other things coming up. Uh, but uh, there's opportunities to uh, to be a sponsor here at the King's Beat. So we'll have Brandon back uh, later in the week, probably looking at a Thursday podcast. Hopefully, Thursday Ooh, podcast that's opening is day. more cheery. Oh, opening day of baseball, uh, which how I can talk gonna about how, how pathetic the A's are. They can't, they're <laughs> so bad, they can't even, they, they're starting to tell, uh, they're not going to keep Christian uh, Pache. Uh, and of course, they're, they're like, hey, man, we think he's a big league player and that he's going to work it out somewhere and he's going to be special. It's just not going to be here. And it's like, okay, well, you're a, a like broke-ass franchise with, no talent at all, and he can't make it there. So I'm not sure what's going to happen somewhere else. So good luck with that. Um, hmm. Yeah, they're a mess. They're a mess going into the season. They've been a mess for a long time, and uh, I don't think that this is going to get any better. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, Sean. So that's hmm. what I think of the A's. Gotcha. Well, I don't think much of the Giants either. So I, I think we're both in for some gloomy baseball season, but. I hope I'm wrong with the Giants. I just don't have. I'm a great super feeling. close to go Padres. Go Padres. Oh, they're going to be good. Close. Padres are going to probably be the best team in baseball. Well, I've told you that's know. my alternative team. I've been saying it for over a year. If the A's leave, my alternative team has been San Diego. Beautiful San super Diego. Padres. Super oh, Padres. Super Chargers, but I say you go Super Char Super Padres now. It was even before though. Even before they started going Super Padres, I, I was all in on the Padres. So yeah. they they got uh, they got Bob there, so sure do. All right, well that's gonna All do right, it buddy. for this edition of the Kings Beat podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Brennan should be back. Uh, we'll have a another lively discussion again. Hopefully the Kings have clinched by that point, uh, and we're not talking about more like variants on clinchmas and Hanukkah clinch or Hanukkah clinch. That was weird. Or, or Quasa clinch. Like, hopefully, Kwanzaa Clinch. Hopefully, we're not talking about one of those things on the next King Speed podcast. So, for Fox 40, Sean Cunningham, I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the King's Beat. See you very soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.